0: Our faith in Jesus gives us belonging and access to something even better than a state-of-the-art gym complete with all the tools needed to whip our bodies into shape. We belong to God's kingdom, where we receive everything we need for godly living, overflowing with joy and giving away the love and kindness we've received. Just as we agree to pay fees and follow certain regulations when we join our local gym, so we must abide by some house rules as members of God's kingdom. These, too, are designed for everyone's benefit. Number one, love God. As children of God, we give our love and allegiance first and foremost to God himself. Our highest affections and attention must be on God our Father. We are to love him as He loves us. He does so not out of duty but delight, and this is how we are to love Him. God saw us in our orphan-like misery, eternally stuck in a vicious cycle of sin. He came to us and chose us, giving us access to all He has through His death and resurrection. There is no greater love than God's love for us. In our present body home, The number one house rule is to love God and remain in that love. His love never quits. There's no better place to be.
1: Hey, Revelation Wellness friends. You just heard a sneak peek of Elisa reading from her new book, The Body Revelation, which is available for pre-order right now. And when you order, you get access to the full audio read by Elisa before the book releases on June 13th which means you can press play on hope and begin to metabolize pain, banish shame, and connect to God with your whole self. I'm Aaron, one of the team members here, and if you loved what you just heard, then you will love the body revelation season right here on the podcast. Each week on Monday and Thursday, Elisa is taking you through the stages of metabolizing pain found in her new book, The Body Revelation. This week, Elisa's teaching us how to stay the course in stage five. Before you press play, be sure to swipe up on the show notes for the link to pre-order The Body Revelation and go get your audio today. Let's get ready to dive in.
0: Well, hey friends, welcome back. And today we are going to continue in this fifth episode as we have been moving through the six stages of metabolizing pain. I feel like I should stand on my feet to give this podcast episode I am sitting in a chair and something about this episode makes me want to stand to my feet because although I have probably said in other episodes as we've been working through metabolizing our pain that this is my favorite episode and this is my this might be the reason I wrote the book I can with full assurance tell you that the day I discovered what I'm going to talk about today Everything changed for me. Everything changed for me and my faith became a reality, a firm foundation on which I stand, which made me more committed and diligent and disciplined about keeping my mind set on things above. Because at the same time, all the research and neuroscience, everything I was reading about how our bodies are designed and how our brains get affected and how our brains communicate with our body, everything I was reading and learning was lining up with what I under, was understanding faith to be, and not just faith according to the Bible, but faith as a reality. So a quick review of the stages we've gone through. And I hope you did Monday's Revving the Word. Please go back, put some shoes on, go for a walk or get your body moving in some way and listen to that episode with the uplifting music and all the things because that it will help you to get limbic. But today we're going to have to, we're going to reason a little bit more. So, hey, maybe you're going to listen to this podcast while you're moving your body, but I'm not going to be directing your body to do anything. I'm not going to be encouraging you to push or pull or be, um, somatic in any way, which by the way, that's very important. That's why we love Mondays and revving the words and all the things we do in the podcast or in the ministry. So today we are going to continue on this, this journey. So let's review stage one. Does everyone remember we all are born into a survival mentality because we are born of the flesh. You are not born of the spirit until you choose to be born again. And then you are born of water and spirit. That's what being born again is, but you're all born. We are all born little sinners, everyone. We're all born little sinners, just desiring the, what the flesh needs. And that's because we're born helpless. We need help. We need to be cared for. We need, we have hunger. We have a need for love, for attachment, for safety, for warmth, for shelter, those basic needs. So our first stage we all are born into is just, it's survival. And that's the kindness of God. He wants us to live. He wants us to not die. So surviving isn't a bad thing, but God has more for us. So in the book, The Body Revelation, I expand upon the survival phase. You definitely want to go deeper in all these subjects. You guys, you are just getting the cliff notes version. The second stage we have gone through is recognizing. We kind of take a little pivot to go, okay, let's recognize what living in a survival mode does for us. What thinking, feeling, and choosing according to our own desires, according to our own idea of who we want God to be, or if we even believe in God, what that does to us, how it affects the way we think, feel, and choose because of the trouble we live through. The trouble, trauma, adversity we live through doesn't just affect us spiritually. It changes the organization and operation of our brains and negatively affects our biology, our immune system, our nervous system, our cardiovascular system. So we talked about the ACE study, we talked about childhood adversity, and we've talked about adulthood adversity. Just because you had a great childhood, uh, you're probably more resilient to stress of this world, but this world has not slowed down. It's moving harder, pressing upon us more and more. So we talk about that. Um, I highly, please go get the book. I want you to, I want you to learn this stuff so you will know it and you can teach it and you can pass it on to the next generation. I keep saying in this season, if we get well, they go free. If we, as the adults, if we, as the believers and the followers and the disciples of Christ get well, those who are being discipled, our children, our neighbors, our community, our coworkers, whoever we are leading or influencing, they go free. We get well, they go free. Come on, we can do this. So we had to recognize, I wanted to help make sense of what feels like a mental loop in your mind. Why do I still feel shame about my body? Why do I still feel discouraged about my marriage? Why am I so scared for my children? All those things. So we do that in recognizing stage. Our third stage was humbling. We went through how we have to, I'm sorry, expressing, we have to express what we are feeling, our mad, bad, sad, and scared, and how we can do that in productive ways. And if we don't, they will become destructive ways, and we pass on that pain. And in our fifth, uh, fourth stage, then we talked about humility, and that's where everything changes for the people of God. Humility. You are listening to this podcast, I hope. <laughs> Maybe you're just curious, but you want to know more about God. You want God in your life. You want to live for something more. You're asking the bigger questions of what is this world about? And God will be found by those who seek him. God comes where he's wanted. As our friend, John Tyson says, he can be found but we have to humble ourselves. And for the people of God, for the people who have lived through trouble, trauma and adversity, and life has been hard. And I don't know who you are in this world who just think life is easy because it's hard now. Life moves fast. Life is hard, but God is kind. So when we humble ourselves, we open ourselves up to what becomes now this new stage. Stage five is what we call staying the course to keep going towards God. Because when you humble yourself, you are choosing God's ways over yours, God's thoughts over yours, God's idea. God gets the first and final say, God becomes sovereign. God is lifted up. God is Lord of my life. And maybe that's the question. Is he Lord of your life? Because that means he gets your body too. He gets all of it. And in this stage of staying the course, keep going, keep pressing in to God, guess where you end up? You're in the kingdom of God. We are no longer citizens of this world. We belong to God's household. That's what it says in Ephesians 2.19. And Matthew 23, 12 says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted, exalted to what lifted up so that you now live in a greater reality. You have a new identity as a child of God. That is just who you are. It's not negotiable. You're a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. When you humble yourself, you are lifted up. And the spirit of adoption comes to you and cries, Abba, Father, you come home to the Father. Like the prodigal in expressing stage three, we are able to come to ourselves, stage three, to know what we're feeling, thinking, choosing, our mad, bad, sad, scared, our hurt, so that we can go to God. We humble ourselves to go to the Father. And those who humble themselves, guess what he he does? he puts a ring on the finger. He puts a ring on the finger. He says, my son and my daughter is home. You are back in the father's care and all that belongs to God belongs to you as the father in the prodigal son story in Luke 15 says to the rebel, or not the rebellious, the elder brother, the elder son, who's like, how come you're throwing this party for this rebellious kid? And the father goes, your brother's home. This is a good day. Let's celebrate this. Son, everything I have has always been yours because he's jealous over what this rebellious son is getting. Meanwhile, this elder brother has been living in the father's house and doesn't even know what he has access to. So we have a new identity and a new reality. Listen, this is why I wrote this book because I want nothing more than the people of God to live in a seen body for an unseen world. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says this. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction you know, the troubles, the traumas, the stress, the adversity is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Verse 18, as we look in, look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. By the way, in context, Paul is talking about us in our, as we have jars of clay, our bodies, though our bodies are beaten, failing, aging, can be uh, can be discarded in a way. Like you, yes, you don't take your body to heaven, but one day you'll have a glorious one. That even though these things happen to us, we have an eternal hope. We have a treasure in these jars of clay. So he is talking about. The body, look to the unseen things, not the seen things. Second Corinthians 5 says this, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. If you want to be at home with the Lord, the kingdom that you now belong to and are a citizen of, you have to walk by faith. We walk on this earth in this scene world by faith. And here's the thing, friends, the enemy who hates God, your good design, he is here to kill, still and destroy. If he can keep you focused on the things that you see and interpret in your mind as a problem, then he can keep you from having your eyes and your hope fixed on something greater or someone greater. You are a citizen of that kingdom right here, right now, not one day, right here, right now on earth as it is in heaven is the purpose of your body. God wants to do something on earth. So it looks more like heaven, but the enemy keeps us busy focusing on our body. And as long as we are focused on what we can see, taste, touch, and hear, and we make that the high rule and reign of our heart, we will not be free. You can be saved, but not free. And this is another fantastic knockout verse that's an Old Testament verse and two times in the New Testament. It says the righteous shall live by faith. If you want to live a godly life with the good body you have, you will have to live it by faith. Do we see how all the information we have and all the connection to this world and even how our phones as great as a gift and tool they are, they consume us so much with the things of this world shows us an idea of what our bodies should look like or the thing we should have. And then we look at our bank account and go, well, I can't afford that. So now I must be less than we are so focused on what we can see that we are losing sight of what the righteous live by faith. And now what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You see, friend, we are so certain about what we should see. We put so much stock in what we see that we're missing out on a beautiful king and his unseen kingdom that wants to become seen here on earth. And how does that happen? Through faith through faith. (laughs) I get rowdy on this one guys, because you may have heard me said, I I have the gift of faith. I mean, you got to have the gift of faith to start a ministry like this and say yes to God, because everyone thinks it's ridiculous. And when I first started, everyone thought I was a fool, but you know what? The foolish confound the wise because we have faith in something we can't see. So I'm going to get a little rowdy to go rise up, come up higher, look to the things that are unseen. But if you constantly look at the things that you see or put stock in what you hear, and if you have not renewed your mind because of the pain on your brain and that dysfunction that can be healed then you will stay stuck if you don't do that work and we can do that. And guess what? You have a helper, the Holy Spirit, that is standing up, applauding and saying, let's do this. I've been waiting for you. I can help you with this. And the Holy Spirit is all about leading us into more faith, not into more comfort. It's like you don't cross the line and now all of a sudden, you know what? Life's great. Don't need to ask for one more thing. And may I say, when it comes to what we ask of God, if we are more transfixed on who God is and know how loved we are by him, we would probably ask for a lot less because we'd be more satisfied. We'd be full. We'd be content. But in this world, we have an enemy trying to keep us feeling less than so we feel afraid, unsafe, and yet we're not free. And we keep asking God, when will you do this? When will you do this? And you know what? I even love the fact God talks about, or Jesus talks about a story of the parable of the persistent widow. And she goes to a judge who's not a very God fearing judge. He's not a just judge. And she keeps going to him and, and saying that she wants justice against her adversary, right? She's been hurt by someone. Give me justice. Give me justice against my adversary. And the judge just gets so bothered. It even says that, that he was, the widow keeps bothering me because she keeps bothering me. I'm going to go ahead and give her what she wants. (laughs) And Jesus says, if an unrighteous judge will say that, will not God give justice to his elect? Will he not come through for you? Will he delay over them? And then I love this verse, verse eight, Jesus said, I tell you, he who gives justice to them, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This widow had faith in the judge, even though he's not a godly man he's the one who can make this right. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. You guys, Jesus says, if that unjust God uh, judge will come through for you, how much more will God for his elect? So yes, we can keep going to him saying, God, make justice, help fix this, change this. But there's a tension of Are we transfixed by the love of God? Can we be satisfied, content in what we have while still contending for what we want? And friend, you don't want six-pack abs. You don't want thighs that don't touch when you walk. Does your body feel like a problem to be solved? Do you feel stuck with your body trying to make the best of what you've been given? are you still prone to getting stuck in the obsess and neglect cycle concerning your body? Friends, this is Alisa, and this is why I wrote my next book, The Body Revelation. In The Body Revelation, you will learn how to stop treating your body as a problem to be solved and learn how to engage with your body and God as part of the solution instead. This isn't a book just to be read. It's a book to be trained. Swipe up on the show notes now to pre-order your copy of the body revelation. Thanks for helping us share with the world that what's needed now on the earth is for each of us to walk with God and receive a body revelation. And now back to our show. But there's a tension of Are we transfixed by the love of God? Can we be satisfied, content in what we have while still contending for what we want? And friend, you don't want six pack abs. You don't want thighs that don't touch when you walk. You don't. Those are desires of the flesh, they're fleeting. Why spend yourself on paper and wood and hay and straw that can burn in the fire. Spend yourself on the things that are eternal, your soul, your desires, your love for God and people, that will go with you into eternity. This is the substance of our faith. It comes from this love for God because we've been so loved and it turns on our faith. Yes, I just snapped my finger. (laughs) But my righteous shall live by faith, If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their soul. That's Hebrews 10, 38 through 39. We are people of faith. But we're so distracted by our flesh. Okay, now I am going to read from the book, The Body Revelation, which again, if you Pre-order now. You can get the audio version for free and start listening. And you will have this book in your hands as soon as it releases on June 13th. Because there's so much more, you guys. There's just so much more to this than these 30-minute topical conversations. What I want to do is give you a understanding of how real faith is. It's not just something you read about and you need to be more creative with and muster up more faith. It is a reality. And this changed everything for me when I started to understand this. All right, listen to this. I don't pretend to be a physicist, but other than scripture, quantum mechanics has done more to help me understand the kingdom Jesus was referring to than anything else. One of the most replicated and repeated studies in quantum mechanics, also known as quantum physics, guys, is the double slit experiment. I won't go into all the details, but I highly encourage you to look it up online and get ready to have your mind blown. A quick and much simplified synopsis of the experiment is this. Okay, use your thinking brain or thinking pictures as I explain this. Shoot marbles objects you can see through two slits into a wall. And as you would expect, the marbles leave a dented pattern on the wall in the form of two slits. If you push a wave of water, a substance you can see through the two slits, the markings left on the wall will look like a line of multiple slits, also known as an interference wave pattern. Now shoot photons, particles of light that can be seen with the naked eye through the slits, and they don't leave markings as the marbles did. Instead, these particles leave an interference wave pattern. Rather than acting like unseen particles, in other words, the photons behave like waves. This phenomenon baffled physicists who had expected these subatomic particles to act like particles, right? Particles should act like particles, like marbles on the wall, they should act like that. But in an effort to discover what's happening, they created a device to watch as the photons pass through the slits. And what they saw left them dumbfounded. Every time the device observed what was happening, the photons acted like the particles rather than waves, they went back to acting like particles. But whenever the measuring device wasn't watching, the particles would start acting like waves. It's so weird. It's almost as if when the unseen world knew it was being watched, the photons acted as one would expect. Scientists have theories about why observation affects the outcome of the experiment. Is it possible that energy has a consciousness and knows when it is being observed. Some quantum physicists theorize that some sort of, quote, consciousness exists and participates with what is unseen. However, since God doesn't fit into the world of observational science, most are unlikely to attribute this consciousness to him. I agree with Max Planck, who is considered one of the fathers of quantum physics, and here's his quote. This is, a, this is a quantum physicist. As a man who has devoted his whole life to the most clear-headed science, to the study of matter, things you can touch, taste, feel, your body, I can tell you as a result of my research about the atoms this much. There is no matter as such. All matter, meaning the things you can touch, taste, and, 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 and feel, All matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force which brings the particles of an atom to vibration and holds this most minute solar system of the atom together. We must assume behind this force the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind, capital M. This mind, capital N, is the matrix of all matter. Friends, As believers, we know this conscious and intelligent mind is Yahweh, the one true God, the maker of your body, the maker of heaven and earth and all creation, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He was there at the start when he made all things and he will be there at the end when all earthly matter returns to him. He is the force behind the unseen that holds all the seen things together. He holds your seen body and unseen soul together. Colossians 1, 17, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. You are being held together by the substance of faith because God is love he creates in faith, says, let there be. And all matter gets created. But as we learn back in stage one, you are more energy, the substance of choose who you will serve. The world that you can see or a God who is unseen, a spirit who pursues you and loves you and wants you to know you were made for more. You get to choose. And when we partner with the unseen world, a world of faith, crazy things happen, you guys. There's one thing that is true about the quantum physics world, the uns—the study of what we cannot see. Remember, first they shoot marbles through the holes, things you can see, you know what a marble looks like. They shoot marbles through the hole, and marbles leave a pattern on the wall like you would expect. Then they uh, push waves of, or water, something you can substance and see, they push it through the slits and it turns into a wave pattern. But when they take light, let there be light, something you can't touch light. You can, you can see it with the naked eye. When these particles of light go through those slits, They show up like waves. They shouldn't. Particles should act like particles. Particles should not act like waves. Do you see how scientists were baffled by this? Because you have entered into the world of the untangible, unseen faith. John 1 says that Jesus was the light of the world and that light was the life of men. He is light. He is the word. Words. Guys, your words are energy. Words. I can't touch a word. I sense a word. A word partners with the unseen. So I have so much to tell you about this, but you're just going to have to get the book because here's, I want you to realize this is a reality. And there's three things you need to know about the unseen world. Three things that the unseen world, how it operates different than how we do here in the scene, three things. First thing, observation affects outcome. Remember, when the particles of light knew they were being watched, they went back to acting like light. Oh, okay, it will be a particle. But when it wasn't being watched, it changed into something else. We walk by faith, not by sight. We pray by faith, not by sight. We we live by faith. And when you live by faith, when you get a diagnosis, you know, well, this doesn't have to be a prognosis. I live by faith. When you live according to faith an assurance of what you hope for and a certainty of what you do not see, you are choosing that outcome that partners with one that is life. One that is not still kill and destroy. Observation affects outcome. What you look for, you will find. So close your eyes and have faith. If you don't see it, you pray and believe for it. And all other distractions have to go away. You cannot give stock and investment into what you see. When the, oper- when the measuring device was closed down, that unseen or untangible world, operated in crazy ways and that's what we want this is this is crazy faith this is faith it shouldn't make sense but yet we want it to don't we the second thing about the the faith the reality that we now live we are citizens of a kingdom here on earth it's unseen god wants to make it seen through us the second thing is that the unseen world is a participatory universe meaning it knows when you're playing with it how do those, those particles know we're being watched? <sighs> well, let's do what they expect us to do. Let's act like particles. Come on. Come on. The unseen world is open for participation. But here's the deal. I write this in the book. Don't spoil the fun by measuring it. Don't spoil the fun by keeping score. You want to shut down? The portal to heaven, the open uh, heaven and kingdom of faith. Measure it. Keep an account. Judge it. And you'll shut it down. <sighs> Third thing. Anything is possible in the unseen world. The unseen world refuses to operate like we think. So anything's possible it's open for possibility. I love this. I say this to our team often. I'm going to wrap it up here and then I sure hope y'all I, I'm again so much. This excites me so much. God has left his fingerprints on all of creation that we would find him. And it is it is the glory. It is is it the I can't remember what that verse is. It's like this the joy of the people to search out and the glory of God to find it. Like he hides things so we can find him. He wants to be found. The problem is Don't take it so far that you need more and more and more answers in order for you to believe. We seek to find. I tell my team often, we say, we don't like to say there's a a problem. I mean, I know we say it, but I go, you know what? After I gave them this teaching a long time ago, and this is part of the reason why I wrote the book, like we got to get this out. We are more unseen matter than we are seen. People need to know the power of faith that's in them. It's the faith that can bring about change in, in them and in the world around them. We are loaded with potential, loaded. This is why Jesus can say that we will do greater things than him. It is by the unseen world of faith, quantum physics, that Jesus walked on water, healed the sick, walked walk through walls, raise the dead. And then he says to us, you now go out and do that. Well, how are we going to do that? You have faith in me. You have the authority to do it. And so on our team here, we try not to use the word problem. And if we do, you'll hear us change it to, we have a possibility. We have some possibilities. There are no problems, only possibilities. (sighs) I am not here to, pro- I'm not proclaiming a prosperity ga- gospel. This is not the secret. But my goodness, how much do we leave on the table because we don't think like people of faith? Just a little mustard seed of it, just a seed of pure faith moves mountains. this is why we need the Holy Spirit in us to help us, to be a helper to us when we are languishing in faith because we are putting more confidence in what we see. Enough. You want to get free? Let's get some faith going. And let's do the work of healing and feeling the pain that we have had so you're not just faking it, and living a faith life where you're plastic and whitewashed tombs. He wants to heal you through and through. And if you notice in scripture, Jesus says a lot of people who want healing, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well, not your theology, not your good works. Your faith has made you well. Do not fear, only believe. She will be well. <sighs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we got one more stage next week and it seals the deal, guys. But I tell you this, to get to this stage five, you definitely have got to contend with one, two, three, four. We have so many people in the church that just jumped to stage five. Meanwhile, they're stuck. They're stuck putting confidence in what they can see because they've been so hurt and their brain biology connection is shut down and we can heal i wish jesus was standing right here in front of us because i do believe he'd heal all of us right now but right now we can come to him by faith if one of you are sick lay your hands on each other and pray by faith so if i get to heaven one day and i get accused of having too much faith so be it and so be it for you too We love you. Thanks for hanging out today. I pray this blesses you. Please go get the book. Please share this message. Share this podcast. Buy a book for someone else. We have some surprises coming for you. I'm not done. You're not going to be able to shut me up. I'm going to be talking about this for a while. So if you want to do some more with me, hang around. There are endless possibilities and places we can go as we get our body revelation. Love you guys. Have a fantastic day. Peace.